Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, there's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Everybody, happy Thursday to you. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Galen. How's everybody doing? Roush, how are you, buddy? I'm doing. I'm wide awake. Uh, I'm coming to you live from Lexington, Kentucky, on the road for Kentucky football spring practice. Yeah, I, I've been, I pounded some coffee on the way up here this morning, so I'm all, I'm all fired up. Do you have your headphones then? Um, I should, yeah. Um, Maybe maybe the settings aren't correct. I will say though, um, I don't know what luck it. Uh, something something's off here. Hold up, let me you try sound you again. sound fine for what it's worth. It just sounds like you're talking a little further away than normal, but it's not bad. We can make okay. this this works, buddy. Okay, works. good. I'm glad it works because uh, we keep a microphone in the office, and uh, luck it appears to have hidden it. So I'm I'm just talking into headphones instead of you know fancy schmancy microphone. So, blame Luckett. Under, uh, understandable. Uh, I always like to blame Adam Luckett as well, so mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. No, nothing nothing wrong with that at all. Um, is there anything wrong with Scoots? Scoots, how's the, how's the Sky Attica going? Did, did, we, did we foam roll it away? Uh, we did not. No, I, I'm in pretty rough shape, fellas. I, I, did, I did get my foam roller in and used it last night. My gosh, I did not expect it to hurt so bad. So. Oh. Yeah, I, I yeah. did it's that. Gonna, you're, it should put you, bring you to tears. Yeah, oh, it was. It damn near did bring me to tears. Yeah, I used it yeah. for probably I don't know 10, 15 minutes. I was rolling on that thing on my side, on my back, all everywhere. I was just rolling, and then my, so, room, my roommate gave me a couple stretches to use, which which helped. But man, I'm in rough shape this morning. So the from the knee, if you roll on your side from your knee to just above your hip. Correct. That's that. That's the the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, but you will you will die. Uh, but you know what? If you do it like three times a day, though, here in like three or four days, bada boom, bada bam, you'll be ready to go. Yeah. That that was the painful one. So rolling the back of my leg last night wasn't so bad. But when I got on my side and rolled from my knee to my hip, yeah. Mm, my gosh, it was it was painful. You basically are torturing. Like you would rather torture puppies than have to go through that again. Oh yeah. Is, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I have to get a massage today. That's that's all there is to it. Did what what stretches did your roommate show you? Um so he had me do the thing where I lay on my back and I pull like so it's my left sciatica that's messed up. 
So I pull with both hands on my left knee towards my right shoulder, and oh my gosh, it felt amazing. So I was hoping that stretched out enough today where I'd feel uh, closer to 50% than 30, but here we are today still at, uh, I'm actually worse now. I'm going to say 25% is what I'm down to. Do you think you could golf? Uh, Yeah, I actually, so I was talking to my dad about that last night. I wish I could golf today because I think I would play the round of my life just because of how still I'll have to keep my body. (laughs) That's great, Scoots. It's like, uh, this is your flu game. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't have a choice. I wouldn't have a choice to like bend my knee like I normally do, which sometimes hurts me. So I I really do. I think I'd play really well. I don't know. I feel like those those violent twists and turns would maybe impact you more than you think. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do that. Is what I'm saying. So it, I think. Well, I think it would help me because my base would stay more steady. And I, but you still have to swing the club. See, and here's the thing, TJ. It might be fine for a few holes, and then once he thinks he's good, he would follow through, or there'd be a shot in the rough that he would really have to come through on, and then he would mess up his back so badly that he wouldn't be able to walk for three days. <laughs> yep. No, I think that's exactly how it would unfold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd go out there, he'd hit it, like play two holes, and be like, "I told you I could play golf. I'm fine. I'm. I feel great." And then the six. I don't know what I did in that bunker, but I can hardly walk. Why am I Ricky Bobby's son all of a sudden? That's how you sound. Peekins in you. That's the peeking in you. Damn it, Scoots. You, there's a zero percent chance you'll ever take me up on this, but you should do yoga daily. Uh, yeah. I'm TJ. I'm at that point too, where it's like, I know that starting it like now would be a fool's errand because we've got basketball, basketball, basketball. But next week, I've got to, I've got to do the yoga because my back just can't. Yeah, it, 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 and the thing is, is I know that it's like the one thing that would make me feel better than anything in the world. This like whole body feels so much better if I just did it. So I gotta, I gotta start doing it next week. It's just I, so I'm with you, Scoots. Maybe, maybe we just KRC yoga. Mm. become yogis if i did it with you guys i'm more likely to do it it's it's really like so i do it monday wednesday and friday during the pandemic i was doing it pretty much every day when everybody was working from home and whatnot but i try to do it monday wednesday and friday and i just do 10 minutes it's not like i'm getting this huge sweat in or like you know i'm done with it and i my whole body's drenched and stuff but i'll do the peloton and then i'll kind of after that, do 10 minutes, and I kind of use it as almost like a cool-down stretch on my way out. But, Scoots, it really does wonders for your, like, little aches and pains of just getting a little bit older. And then uh, – but I will warn that, like, when if you, if you get into a routine of doing yoga and then you stop, your body is worse off than it ever was. So it is like a hobby or a habit that you need to keep up because when you stop doing it after, like – so let's say you do yoga for a month. And then you take a week off. That second week, your body feels like it almost got hit by a car. Just because you haven't been stretching it, you haven't been moving it, you haven't been kind of doing some of those bend and shapes and twists and whatnot. But I really do think, Scoots, for your little aches and pains and sciatica, it'd go a long way. I'll have to look into it, for sure. Let let me try the massage method today. Do a little more rolling, some stretching at home. I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, I can't. I, I didn't know what it felt like to be hit by a car until about a week ago. Now I know what it feels like to be hit by a car. So. You've wrecked like five cars. That's a terrible analogy. But I've yeah, never... You had I've, a horrific scooter accident when you were going 35 miles per hour on a sidewalk. But you all forget, I just said, I don't. I didn't know what it felt like to be hit by a car. All my wrecks, I have hit the car. So 
I, Scoots, I know you're not going to do yoga. You don't have to entertain me or be nice. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. But just when you're rolling around and you're going on your foam roller, just know that you're kind of doing the principles yeah. of yoga. I mean, like that's kind of it. Yeah, yoga is just like more active. It's active stretching. It's like, not. It, it has this big boogeyman type thing, but then when you do it, you realize like, oh, it's just. Um, just a little bit of movement into my stretch. It's not something I'm totally against. I'm just ignorant when it comes to the whole thing. Like I don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin when it came to yoga. Do I go to a class? Oh. Do I look up exercises online? Like where, where do I go? Oh, there's a, you, there's a YouTube's. You yeah, I, I would start there's... with a YouTube, like ten minute YouTube beginner yoga. They're gonna say you need like a mat or a towel or some blocks. You really don't need any of them. So but you, you can just like use a towel as your as yeah. your towel. Um, but no, it, it would be, I hate that, I hate that, it feel like in the course of KRC history, it's been one lingering ailment for you scoots after another. For Roush and me, it's just been like rotating Sickness. child viruses and yeah. sicknesses. Mm -hmm. For you, yeah. it's just been one different ailment for this, that, or the other. And I'm worried that this may be the most serious one yet, because uh, oh yeah, are you standing over your computer right now? I am standing up, yes. See, you're standing up. You, you hate standing. You hate standing. Uh, not so, necessarily. But you, I remember the first thing I, you said when I met you. Is, I'm Justin <laughs> Kalen. One thing you won't find me do is stand up. And I said, you know what? I like that about you, Scoots. So I know you. I know you don't like it. We yeah. got to get you right. Yeah. No. It's it's the most uncomfortable thing I've ever dealt with. And I had the thing last night when I was in the shower. I had the whole mindset of it, it was kind of the realization that yo, you're not getting any younger. You're actually getting older here because it's like I started thinking back. I don't know, 16, 17 years old. This would have been gone by now. But now here we are at 33, and it's gone on for a week, and well, it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime. I don't think 16 and 17 year olds get sciatica pain, buddy. Maybe not. I don't. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but but I'm just my point is, if this happens when you're younger, the healing process goes a lot quicker. So that realization that you're getting older and healing takes longer was just it was a lot for me to swallow last night. Yeah, I do have some bad news about time and age, Scoots. Yeah, it sucks. Hate it. Mm -hmm. Well, yep. does, uh, does self-medication help at all? Uh, yes, a little bit. Okay, good. good. All right, as long as there's, there's a little bit there. And you're still, are you getting, did you get your eight hours last night? Last night, big time to catch up on sleep. Because um, even though it's, it's not going to be like late, like first round late, where games aren't tipping off till 10 p.m., you know, it'll, it'll probably be a late one tonight. And the next night. I got, next night. I got nine hours last night. I'm feeling good. Oh, wow. See, yeah, there you go. You're. Uh, 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 there's some somebody out there listening right now who's in their they're, they're more middle aged. They've had sciatica for a while, and they're like, "Wow, nine hours of sleep! That's three times as many hours as I get with mine." This guy, <laughs> he's a rookie. It was it was a sleep night for me as well. Got a good night's sleep myself, so I was dozing off a little bit during Survivor. And I was like, oh, oh, I didn't okay. even make it to Survivor. Probably um, going to be an early night for yeah, old me. And it was. Yeah. And uh, happy about it. Refresh. Feeling good for this morning. We do want to apologize for Mother Nature yesterday on Mother Nature's behalf. She couldn't make it here today. But uh, supposedly a lightning strike took out a bunch of power in the southern Indiana area. Most importantly, uh, hospitals have generators. We did not. Uh, our power was out at the studio. So it was right there during hour one and hour two, bada boom, bada bing. Everything just went black. It was hilarious actually. Cause that studio is just so dark. Even when the lights are working <laughs> that it actually can get darker, believe it or not. And we found that out firsthand. So in the dark, we 
did a Twitter space. It's still on my old Twitter if you're interested in that sort of thing. And we answered the text that had been sent in throughout the show. So if you want to hear your text read, check out the Twitter space. Uh, we were hoping that maybe for a moment we were able to record the second hour. So we we're hoping that maybe the podcast would seem like a pretty regular radio show. But even when we thought that we were actually recording, the pa- that whatever power, extra power source that had also went away. So it is just a one-hour podcast from yesterday. and But we do have about a 30-minute Twitter space where we answered your questions. And we didn't want the power to go out. We didn't want to drive all the way to Indiana to have that happen. And, uh, and we know that you all didn't like it either, I'm sure. So nothing we can do there. But uh, hopefully today, cross your fingers, Mother Nature will behave and we'll be yeah. able to do a two-hour radio show. Of all the wacky things that have happened at the Big X Sports Radio Studio throughout uh, uh, our time doing Kentucky Roll Call, that one really is one of the weirder ones because it's not like we just, bam, power was gone. We it was it was like a slow drip where, okay, the lights are off, but the internet's still working and some things are still working, but the radio's off. And then, uh, believe it or not, when you're got your flashlight and your phone turned on, you're looking for, um, you know, we thought maybe a fuse was blown. When you're looking for a breaker box, there's a lot of there's a lot of boxes with random cords and stuff and just electrical things in, and you're like, well, is this is this a breaker box? Uh, I, I I don't know. We'll see. And that building too. I mean, how the thing it's been around for a long time. Uh, TJ trying to flip a breaker. I thought you were actually going to like flip over because that I don't know if some of those breakers have ever been flipped. Yes, it was a challenge. Uh, I was about thirty percent sure that I was just going to get electrocuted on the spot <laughs> uh, messing with those things. It was very scary. And yeah, I mean, just cobwebs, a ton of wires, uh, just exposed wires left and right. Mm-hmm. It felt a little bit like uh, like an action movie. Like you, uh, mess, you touch the wrong thing, and this whole place is going to blow. I didn't know if you were say that or a slasher, because that that also oh, yeah. could very well. If this, you know, we naturally we would have to have some like attractive uh, women like also working at the station for this to be an '80s slasher. Um, and they would have been the one to do it. Yeah, that's so true, you, too. I, you definitely could have been like, hey, TJ, look in that back left corner. I think that's Alien back there. And then just like the Alien character from Alien was in the corner. Could have That could have that could have played, that could have happened. Mm-hmm. I, I left my water in the studio after you all had left, so I was like, oh, I got to go back in there and get my water. And I, I, I thought I was going to, I had the idea. I was like, I'm going to record just kind of walking around the studio in the dark because it is so creepy. People aren't going to like believe us when we're, when we're talking about it. But then I did the video, Roush, and it was just, it was, you couldn't even see anything in the video. It was just so <laughs> dark in the video. I had, I had my smartwatch flashlight on. So, like, in my mind, it was kind of like a Blair Witch, sort of like, you could only see about, like, three feet in front of the camera. But even then, it was just, it was too dark, so the video never saw the light of day, quite literally, and uh, I deleted it. But, yes, yeah, so power back on, though. Radio show, a go. Get those texts into the Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450. We'd love to hear from you. And Thornton's would just love to see you. They were actually specifically asking about you the other day. I went in there and they said, hey, that one radio listener hasn't been in here in a few days. I said, really? They, they tell me they go all the time. They love the 89 cents drinks. They love the delicious, fresh breakfast sandwiches made daily just for you. 
And they said they'd like to see you again. So pop on into a Thornton's. They're everywhere in Louisville, Southern Indiana, surrounding areas. And give a shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. So get your text in, 502-414-1450. I need to get on a first name uh, basis with my, my Thornton's my Thornton's fan. Because I see him all the time, Scoots. I know you have that relationship. But I, I was talking to him yesterday. He's like, so you're just always here whenever I'm here. When do you work? And it's, it's they, they got the six to two window. So that, you know, show up before work for the radio show or show up after there or even around lunchtime. They're always there for me. I need to get on a first name basis. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty cool cats at, Th- at Thornton's. I don't know if I've ever told you all this, but there is a cashier from Thornton's that I'll, I'll hang out with her from time to time. She's a pretty cool chick. So. Not Whoa. not in a romantic way, but we're 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 decent decent friends. Your your pals, you, yeah. so you hang out outside of Thornton. We do, yeah. She came over to my house. What was it? Probably about a month ago. We had a nice little bonfire. What? Yeah. Hmm. You've met a woman or man? You've made a friend from Thornton. I have. Yeah. How did this? Buy- okay. All right. Were there any sparks <laughs> outside right. of the fire? Right. Okay. No. Okay. No. No sparks. <laughs> I'm pushing aside some of the topics we've got to get to today. It's going to be a fun <laughs> show. We're going to, for the next two and a half months, we're going to talk about staying and going decisions of UK basketball players. It's going to be amazing. We, you we guys got are going plenty of every, time. You guys are going to love every second of it, and we've got it penciled in for the next two and a half months. So just get ready for it. Your lives are going to change forever. We're going to talk spring practice, obviously. There's a lot going on there. But we got to push that stuff off to the side. How did this – how did that – I've – it sort of feels like this should be an off-air conversation because I've got an idea of how all this started. But when did this re- when did this relationship and it's platonic, it's a friendly yeah, relationship. Absolutely. When did this friendly relationship take move past the counter? When did it move past the counter to? Well, yeah, we hang out. Yeah, you can come over for a bonfire. Yeah, what's your number? I'll take your number. Blah blah blah. Give me the details. Scoot. So I need them. It was basically probably about a year ago. At this time, yeah, we I had went into the same Thorntons every day, and we were real friendly with each other, always laughing, having a good time. So one day we just decided, hey, let's uh let's hang out outside of Thorntons because you seem like a cool person, I seem like a cool person. See what happens. So we did. We we've had lunch and dinner a couple times. We've had the bonfire. So yeah, but she is no longer with Thorntons, unfortunately. So I can't oh, get you, I can't get like can't the cool out. perks. Well, no, you can't hang out with her anymore. Uh, well, I haven't in, in a little bit, ever since that bonfire. I would, t- so. I would, I would tell her. I would say that. I'd be like, this. Uh, I was just strictly into this because you were a Thornton's employee. I thought it was the <laughs> coolest thing in the world. And now that you no longer get to wear the uniform, sorry. <laughs> sorry. The perks are gone. I'm gone. I don't know if I have the heart to tell her that. Where's she at now? Uh, she's working for some. Don't you dare! Don't you dare tell me the convenience store. No, she's not. She's not in retail anymore. Okay. So. Okay. Good. Well, it sounds like she likes you, Scoots. I've, everything I've heard just lines up to this chick is into you, and you're scared to make the move. I think you may be right in that. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think she may have a little thing for me, but there is nothing on my side. So we're gonna stay friends. Is it? Is there just the, the physical attraction out there, or are you just not interested? A um, little bit of both. Hmm. I would like to think this girl's like, listen, I, I work my butt off 
blue collar lady. I'm working at a Thornton's, working my my hiney off. Great place to work, I've been told, and the benefits are great. And but like it's not a place that you think you know you're not like a you're not like a Hooters waitress necessarily. You're right. not being gawked at when you're working at Thornton's. Uh, maybe unless Trevor Kelsey's your customer, but so she's just normal job, and she probably thinks like, oh, this guy is super friendly to me. We talk all the time. We've exchanged numbers. I'm making an effort to hang out with him. And he, I think, I bet she tells her friends, like, I think he legitimately just wants to be friends. Like he just, <laughs> or, he just wants, he has zero interest in me at all. He just wants to be friends. You probably have her in a pretzel scooter. Well, she may be in the same boat. I don't know. I, I, I'm just assuming that she may have a little thing for me, but she, she could be in the same boat. Like, oh, I just want to be friends. He wants something more. Where'd you all, where'd you all go to dinner? We went to Agave and Rye. Oh my god, wait. Whoa. Wait. That's is a this, date. Is this, no. the, is this the person that made you buy all her drinks? Oh no. Oh no. Then I then I, mean, I would how many, have how many, a, how many girls were you taking to Agave and Rye? No, the first one we didn't go to Agave and Rye. We went we went somewhere over in Louisville. I can't remember the name of it right now. It wasn't Agave and Rye. Pretty sure there's an agave and rye in Louisville, isn't there? Yeah, yeah there but is. that's not where we went. I, I'll I'll look up during the break what restaurant that was. I can't remember at this point. Uh, so there is a there's probably above fifty percent chance if you just go to agave and rye on a random night, you're going to run into scoots <laughs> on a date. Love tacos. Yeah, that that is a date. Agave and rye is like we it was not a date. Four for four for four from Wendy's. That's not like <laughs> hey, we went and split a burrito at Salsaritas, which I guess Salsaritas can be romantic if you want it to be. That's we, big time. We did paid pay, for. Did you pay for? No, we paid for our own meals, which I, that's why I say not a date. Hmm. Yeah, I, no, it can be a date. Well, you split the checks. It was a getting to know each other friendship type deal. What what would what happened when the conversation when the bill came like or you know was it set beforehand like hey you know let's go out to dinner we'll pay our own way yeah yeah well, that, I mean we was, both knew that, that conversation was had yeah I mean well I think it was one of those things that we both knew it wasn't a date so we were gonna oh. pick up our own checks no she didn't know she knew she didn't know she She's thought a, you were totally picking up her bill I think she was the one that even you're going to take her to Hoosier Pleasure Land. I think she was even the one that's told the <laughs> server, hey, two separate checks. Uh, Hoosier Pleasure Land. <laughs> that place exists. <laughs> Nobody's been there since 87. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, Scoots, that's just amazing. This is why you're the best producer in all the land. Like, Trevor's not going on dates, or not date, friend, friend hangouts with he, he couldn't even get a number of the Taco Bell girl slash boy. My point is, you can find friends anywhere. You just got to look. That's true. That's totally true. Totally true. All right, let's hit the reset button. We'll take a break. We'll come back. No more Thornton's dates. But we will talk basketball. We'll talk football. We'll talk the Thornton's text line. Uh, and we got NCAA tournament games tonight. Oh, so badly in a different world where the officials don't totally hose over Kentucky. Maybe the Cats are in Madison Square Garden tonight. What a different show it would be. What a different mood we'd all be in. We'll come back. We've got a fun show planned for you. This is KRC on the Big X.
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. What's today? October? Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big X Sports Radio, 96. Yeah, I'm TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. On your Thursday morning, it's a spring practice day, so Roush is in Lexington, and then UK Pro Day tomorrow, right, Nick? That is correct. We're going to speak with a lot of those Pro Day guys today. Um, uh, personally, it's it's the I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to be sitting over there for like three hours, and it's going to be a lot of interviews, and I'm not going to get a lot from, so I'm going to have some sort of dread uh, about today, but... Um, Tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun just because it's it's going to be a circus unlike anything we've ever seen at a UK Pro Day. I remember Bud Dupree's Mike Tomlin showed up. That was that was cool, right? You got the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach in the building. Um, there were 150 NFL personnel for C.J. Stroud yesterday at Ohio State. C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba. It won't. It probably won't be that many, but it'll be close. Um, for Will Levis. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be an absolute zoo, going to be mayhem, a lot of fun. I'm curious how much Will is going to, like, is he going to run and do all that stuff? I hope so, because uh, the way that they went all goo-goo-gaga over Anthony Richardson, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he'll go through all that. And I just kind of want to see him do all that stuff. Uh, but um, th- that, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. But before that, we'll, we'll talk to the guys and then, We'll hear from the defense after uh, another day of uh, spring ball. That should be good. We'll learn some stuff. But, no, the, uh, tomorrow's a big day just for, for U.K. football. Uh, recruiting, really, it, like just having all the hoopla talked about, TV cameras will be down there, everything focused around Will Levis. That is why, even though he didn't have the final season at U.K. that we were hoping for, it was such – a big season. It was a big deal just to be a big time draft prospect. He certainly wasn't a bust by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't back to back 10 win seasons like we were hoping for, but he did a lot of nice things. And that was important why he was able to stay healthy or healthy enough, at least. It was he ever really 100% healthy, but healthy enough to get out there, put on some good tape, still remain in the conversation for a top 10 draft pick. And he's still in that conversation. But it's just good attention, good publicity for UK football. Yeah. And that stuff helps. You may, you may see the payoff down the road. It may not be something that you you directly see. Um, you may not have some recruits say, I committed to Kentucky because I watched their pro day three or four years ago. But it can plant a seed in people's minds, and it can kind of change some older perceptions of Kentucky football. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing for the program. Right, right. Like the kids that are being recruited now grew up watching Kentucky play on New Year's Day games on ABC. So now you're adding the fact, I mean, the, the highlights of Will Levis throwing are going to be on all the ESPN shows all day, whether it's, you, know, you, you name it, it's going to be on there. They're going to broadcast it live on SEC Network and the NFL Network. So like that, it's just to have that kind of, those, that kind of exposure, those kind of eyeballs, uh, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to measure just the kind of impact it has. And, what it really should help, too, it should help some of those guys who kind of maybe were on the fringe, um, guys like Kedron Smith, who 
got invited to the senior bowl, but didn't, you know, it was only, it was a late invite. He only did a little bit. Like those guys who are on the fringe getting that, that extra attention, they can capture somebody's eye tomorrow that uh, may not have necessarily been on them previously. The Georgia Safo Jay and dude got drafted just because he was awesome in a pro day, right? Like he, he bench pressed uh, 225, like 75 times for all intents and purposes. And that sort of stuff, that was enough to be like, all right, we'll take a chance with the late round pick. Uh, and he made a little money in the NFL. So um, the, the Will Levis effect should help others. I'm curious, the rules used to be you couldn't participate when you were younger. Like it was only for seniors. But Will got to throw last year because they only, I mean, you need quarterbacks. Like I'm wondering if, if Leary will throw any at all too um, or like if there's going to be any other guys because like can't you just, I, I remember uh, Dane Brugler went to the Florida-Kentucky game just to watch Richardson and Levis and then came away being like, dude, who's that number zero for Kentucky? That guy's a monster. And now Deion Walker's on draft guy's radar. So it does have that sort of, uh, it, it's, it's good for everybody in the program. There's a nice trickle-down effect there. Do you ever, I'm sure you probably do since you've been doing this long enough, but are there ever any times where you're watching a game and something unfolds between just like a situation you were talking about with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson? Have you ever gotten to the point where it's just like, you know what? Probably doesn't even matter what I just watched because, well, after the season, we'll have four months of just draft nonsense where people totally overlook what they saw on the field here today. That ever crossed your mind when you're watching the games in the fall? Like, yeah. hey, this matters, and everybody's going to act like it really matters right now. But trust me, between December and April, it's just it's going to be – so people are just going to talk themselves out of what they saw with their own eyes. Well, it was very – I mean, I remember at the time just being like, yep, they buried Anthony Richardson. Will Levis won that uh, – it's no contest. Will Levis better than Anthony Richardson. That was me mostly just like – posturing and talking smack to Florida fans when in reality you you knew that this would eventually come back up this would eventually resurface um because the the same reason that people love Will Levis is the same reason that people love Anthony Richardson it's just that Richardson has the better tools but even less production than Will Levis and less starts uh than Will Levis so um you kind of saw that coming the the one that I I, I knew what happened too was watching Lamar just be so awesome on a regular basis. Like that, the last, when he had the revenge game against Kentucky, I was down the field and I was like, oh, damn, this is going to be bad. Like he's just, he just got that look about him. He's just going to come out and try to murder us as hard as he can. And he, he did, he did, but not till after we threw a trash can at them. So, uh, but I knew going in the draft, like they're, this guy's so awesome, but. They're going to talk themselves out of it. We're going to get a bunch of people on ESPN say that he needs to be playing receiver and all that sort of stuff. And you know what? He's going to end up getting drafted and, and being a pretty pretty good NFL player. Did I think he was going to be MVP? No, but I, I knew that Lamar Jackson was just a dude. And they, they tried to talk him out of it. The Ravens ended up getting a steal uh, later on in the first round. Although, was it a steal? He got an MVP a year out of him, but has he? Has he won. He's only won like one playoff game, right? One playoff. One playoff game. No, it, it was. Anytime you can get an MVP anywhere in the draft, it should probably be considered 
a steal for the most part, but just that hasn't really maybe gone as great as some people thought. But no, you're that that's a perfect example of exactly what what I was referencing. Uh, and, and these people get paid such good money just to overthink themselves to Bolivia. Well, and part of it too is because this NFL season ended two and a half months ago. The college season ended. You know, there's a, there's like almost a four month gap between the last time these guys play a college football game and when they actually get picked. So there's so much time for over analysis, groupthink, mob mentality, this sort of just uh, getting away from the actual tape. Because you know, when when you talk to the smart guys, like eighty percent of what these players are actually evaluated on evaluated on is what they put on tape uh, in college. It's just. You get all these extra ones, and you get into talking season, and it's a lot of fun. The draft has become – I mean, you. I remember when the draft was just – what was it, two nights? It was like a – no, it wasn't even a night. They would start it at like a Friday or Saturday at noon, and then it would just run through Sunday, and it was over with. Now we have all these shows. We have, It's just become a larger-than-life type thing. And so the, 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 the nuts and bolts of what it was, it's, we, we've gotten away from it a little bit. Yeah, it's but that's that's a big money maker. You yep. were in Nashville that one year where yeah. you were. I mean, wasn't that just like didn't, didn't that you said that that was the craziest you've ever seen Nashville? Oh, I mean, is it was a people as far as you could see. Like, and I'm, and that's it's not just some figure of speech. You just looked up Broadway and you just saw people as far as you could look because it kind of goes up that hill. It was just just people, just a mob of people. Um, I'm hopeful we haven't set things in stone, but I'm I'm hopeful to be able to go this year to Kansas City. A, never been to Kansas City. Think that feel like that town has the same. Like I, I feel like that I'm the people in Kansas City are cut from the same cloth. The uh, the the people, my kind of people, you know. So I think they'd be a good hang, a good time. I I, I hear the barbecue is great, and um, who knows? Maybe I run into Pat Mahomes there. Oh, or his little brother. Oh, that I mean, that's the real star of the town, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, or Jason Anderson. He's the. <laughs> we all know that he's the, he's the big show in town. He is. Yeah, you should say hey to him. Nice guy out there. Kansas City would be fun, and it's drivable. It's not the yeah, most fun yeah. drive you're ever going to make in your life, but it is. It is drivable. You can do it. About eight hours, I think, maybe a little less. But uh, yeah, well, yeah. so you are doing that definitively. No, not definitively yet. That's but that's uh there's potential there. There's potential there. I mostly just want to interview drunk people after Will Levis gets picked and just get their hottest takes because Will Levis is definitely the kind of quarterback where a fan base is either going to like like half of them are gonna be like, No, and then the other half are gonna be like, Yeah, quarterback in the future, we're going to the Super Bowl. There's gonna be no middle ground. So I just I really wanna talk to some of those fans after about 18 Bud Lights. That is true. You're going to get people that are going to be like, he's got the best arm in the draft. And you'll get other people that think he's just going to be a bust. Would be a good idea is when you're doing that is to like walk around with a bunch of bananas and be like, well, your new quarterback, he eats bananas with the peels on them. So show your, show that you're, you're in on this pick. And then you hand him a a banana and just see if they'll just eat it with the peel on it. Cause they probably would. Cause they're all going to be pretty hammered. Oh yeah, uh, the one. Oh man, great idea, TJ. You should you you should be in the content business, do a radio show or something. Uh, yeah, I've you know I've done I've done some stuff before in the past. But the the thing you'll have to do though 
it, and you'll have to get like Stephen Peake with you to film it all and whatnot. Yeah. You yeah. have to have the banana hidden, and just be like, "Your thoughts on Will Levis as as the draft pick for the Raiders?" And the guy will be like, "We love it." <laughs> And you'll say, if you love it so much, eat this banana with the peel on it like Will Levis does. And then you just whip it out of your back pocket. <laughs> be like, is that a like, banana in my back pocket? Or are you just happy Will Levis got drafted? And they'll be like, well, sir, you've got a banana it's, in your it's, hand. It's, it'll be like uh, Ron Burgundy when he's like, they ask him to play Yaz flute. And he just is like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready. And it's just up his sleeve. <laughs> By the time he finishes sentence, he's constructed the flute and he's like playing already. Yeah, that's great. Well, good. You got to get, we got to get Roush to Kansas City. It'd be a content machine. You'd love it. You'd have a good time. Uh, and we still have a good bit of time to talk about the NFL draft, but it will be here before you know it. I don't get so much into the draft as other folks do, but I am not dumb. I understand that a ton of people like it. You, you, you see the outcomes, you see the ratings. Uh, people do go into a draft frenzy, so we will talk about it on Kentucky Roll Call. Yeah, and it, it's just it's a it's also a fun. Uh, like I was doing some radio hit um, last night, and they were like, "So what do what do Kentucky fans do now that basketball's over with?" It was like a, just a brutal. It was like, well, baseball team's pretty good, but I mean, for me, it's spring football, draft derby, and then and then doldrums of the summer. Um, but for a lot of people, it's already the doldrums of the off season, and uh, Checking message boards, looking for scuttlebutt scoop on who's staying, who's going, what's next. Um, it's uh, we find content, we find stuff to talk about. It's out yeah. there. Uh, it's not as fun as previewing NCAA tournament games and ideally a Sweet Sixteen game tonight. But oh man, I would have gone back and rewatched that Champions Classic game against Michigan State. I would have felt pretty good about UK's chance. I, like I said, I thought the team that's going to come out of Kansas State, UK, was going to probably win the region. I still, still okay. feel that. I would have felt so, good about UK, Michigan State tonight. I have a, a question. This is a gambling question for both of you all because I and, and we are just. I know it's lame to talk about your bets, but I'm in a very I'm, I'm in a position I've never been in before with gambling because I've I have a few futures out there, and I have like in, in spread madness, I have San Diego State, right? So. But like I do, do I hedge? I'm not a hedger, but that's the thing is I'm at this point is like, do I like should I also place a bet on a team that I've already got some juice on, or or do I bet against them with the like I I'm in a very peculiar position that I I've never been in before. I don't like hedging, but in some instances like um, like this Michigan State game, I have Michigan State as a Final Four team. But I'm also there's there's part of me scoots that I'm I'm worried about Marquise Noel just becoming a man of March and going to the Final Four. Should I bet against Sparty, who I've already got a, a good amount of action uh, to win two games uh, with uh, coming up this weekend? So here's my take: when it comes to the spread madness thing, I would not hedge for the simple reason that you have to win two more games in spread madness to get more money. So hedging against San Diego State tonight or tomorrow, whenever they play, that doesn't do anything for you. In terms of the Michigan State one, you just got to trust your gut, man. Isn't that what sports gambling is? If you think Michigan State's going to win, you got them in your Final Four, I think you have to stick with Michigan State. Bet what you think's going to happen. Exactly. And I'll I, I tell you what, you, you, you have, you're still down $5 in spread madness, just so Ooh, you know. You're, you're okay. still down $5, and you'll need San Diego State to cover two games to go up and then at which point you'd be up $45. So we're, it's not like we're talking 
thousands of dollars on the line and you want to make sure that you at least walk away with a few hundred or something along those lines. So you're, you're not really all that invested. You're not all that involved. That being said, I do, you know, the final number will come tomorrow, but I, I think Alabama is definitely going to cover against San Diego state. I think that number was seven and a half. So I wouldn't look at it so much as like a head short of deal, but if I were you, I, I would probably bet Alabama to cover because one, I think they're going to, and two, if they do, then hey, at least you didn't lose any money on spread madness theoretically because you'd win right. money on the Alabama bet. And then in the off case that they don't, yes, you'll probably end up being out more money than you would have either, either way. But hey, you'd got San Diego State playing for the big money still alive, and you you can kind of go all in on the Aztecs at that point. The um, and uh, Scoots you. You made the good point of like, you know, it's about going with your gut, what you think is going to happen. And I don't think a lot of things have necessarily changed in what's going to happen uh, since, you know, over the last week, right? Which I am, I am nervous and excited because all of my Final Four teams are still alive. And wow. If that, yeah, and if that happens, like if they, if, I, if we bring that one home, folks, like we might not just not do radio Monday. We might just have a party instead, because um, I'm gonna have a brand new bag. Wait, wait, hold on, time out, time out. So no show Monday. That would mean that we are at the final four already for Monday's show. Yeah, that's how the NCAA tournament. God, worked. that sucks. I didn't think about that. This was the weekend where we got down to four. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it happens quick. And see, and that's what's the first two weeks of the tournament. It's like, we got to just exhale, and it's like, bam, we're right back in the basketball of it. But then after this weekend, you're like, oh, crap, there's only three games left, and that's that's it. That's it. That's to- I, this is when UK doesn't advance this far, and there should never be a season when UK doesn't advance this far, so this has just been hell lately. But when UK doesn't make it to the, to the second weekend, I, I just, I like time stands still between Monday and Thursday. This week has been so long and thank goodness like work has been steady. So I've been busy enough, but I just, I hate it. Like once the game start tonight, I'll be fine. And then it's, then it's on, then it's basketball, then it's competition, then it's betting. And then it's the, the exciting finishes. So I'll be all right once the games get going, but I absolutely hate this week. Um, I hate just knowing that there's going to be 16 more programs and fan bases that are excited and anxious and talking about travel plans and making their game watch plans and doing all that stuff with friends while UK basketball is just sitting at home doing nothing. And it kills me. Like it, it actually physically makes me not happy. So got to get the games going tonight. And then Monday I'm more okay. Like I, I don't, I don't feel that way the week of the final four if anything actually the times uk's in the final four that week goes really slow and i'm like a nervous wreck and i'm anxious and all those things i'd rather be that way than the alternative obviously but it, it kind of flips there for the final four week but i don't feel because then it's only four programs it is tough to get to a final four i, I don't i don't get as like worked up about uk not making fi- I, I want uk to make every final four obviously but when UK is not in the Sweet 16, these days waiting until tonight just absolutely stink. And that's what we've been going through this week. UK just comes up a little bit short against Kansas State. That's the tournament. They advance, and they'll get to take on Michigan State tonight, where they are one-and-a-half-point underdogs 
Uh, we are going to take our break early. This is a thing that we're trying out. We're going to see if we like it or don't like it. But so far, mm. I'm not totally against it. And then when we come back for hour two, we're going to keep the conversation on college basketball, but probably wait a little bit to get to UK because Dr. Ramondo Perielis Picot announces that he's returning to UNC for a 13th season. Just truly unreal stuff there down in Chapel Hill. You know, it takes a long time to get a Pan-African Studies degree in North Carolina. A lot of of extra hours logged. Sometimes you have to write an essay. Yeah. Sometimes. We're we'll too. be back to talk about that. And then we've uh, Jack Pilgrim weighed in on his staying and going decisions. And he had one, one interesting, a lot of interesting tidbits, but one that really stood out more than anything else that we have got to discuss with Nick Roush and Justin Kalen. So don't go anywhere. I'm TJ Walker. Kentucky Roll Call returns after this. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, KRT 7 to 9, unless the power takes us out. And replay of the show. 9 to 11. You can listen to Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. Do want to remind you about Salsaritas and specifically their catering services. What about Mother's Day? Maybe you're having a little get together for Mother's Day. Maybe you've got some First Communions coming up. It's around that time of the season. Maybe you've got some Easter as well. Easter plans, Easter party. And then, as always, you've got your corporate meetings, weddings, birthday parties. Keep Salsa Rita's catering in mind. Uh, and we're not too far away from graduation season. It's almost April, which means, yeah, you'll get graduation parties in no time. Salsa Rita's the perfect for any of those catering needs. They'll bring it to you if that's what you choose, or it can be waiting for you at the store. They'll help carry it to your car. They will bring it to their, your car for you if you choose to do that, or they can bring it right to your front door, into your living room, or wherever you've got the party set up. I've used Salsarita's catering several times. It is efficient. It's easy. You don't spend a bunch of time trying to figure out what you want or on the phone or talking with people. You can actually do it all online on the app. You can do the whole catering service without having to talk to anybody, which is really nice. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. And remember to keep Salsaritas in mind for your next fiesta. Okay, uh, Armando Bacot coming back for another season. I'm pretty, I was pretty surprised by it. Now, I think some people could make the case that, hey, if he came back last season, what really changed for him? Does draft stock drastically improve? No, did his game drastically improve? No, he's the basketball player that he's that he is. He'll get probably a little bit better as time goes on, but he's just there's not really a market for that in the NBA right now. He's got probably he's probably making really good money at North Carolina and in Chapel Hill. He'll do it again for another season financially. This could have maybe been the best thing for him, but he will be back. So his UNC career won't necessarily end with missing the NCAA tournament, although we'll see what team they put together next year. 
with Hubert Davis in the group, but he's back for another season. What do you what do you fellas make of this? I was I was surprised by it, although maybe we shouldn't have been. Yeah, I don't know about you, Scoot, but I was. Uh, it, it's more so one of those things that I feel like we got some affirmation that the the bigs and the best of the best, like the the motive to move on, isn't as strong as what it used to be, and it. It wasn't just a one-off, right? Like, you can see this happen in more consecutive years. Like, I don't think that that means that Oscar Shibway is necessarily going to return. Like, this is some sort of uh, precedent changer. But if you got a good thing going on, why are you in a hurry to leave it? Uh, and and I do appreciate that Bacot is a guy who, you know, he plays for a blue blood. He played for a national championship. He appreciates it. And it's not just like uh, the thing that I think annoys me the most about kids these days. Rah, rah, rah. But there, there is some sort of there's no value in wanting to grow up to play college basketball. It's all been about got to make it to the NBA, got to make it to the NBA. And so I, I'm uh, refreshed to, to see that, you know, even though it might be somewhat because of his physical limitations, but that, that, that there are some people that aren't trying to just get to the NBA as, as quickly as possible. We we have gotten back to a point where players are staying longer, and I, I too really re- enjoy that, Roush. So that's a good point there. But, yeah, if I'm, if I'm Baycott and I go to play at a place like North Carolina with all the history that they have, I can't end with missing the tournament, right? I mean, so for me, it's it would be an easy decision. Like, I, my last year here is not going to be North Carolina missing the tournament because we make majority of tournaments. So that's that's what I took out of it. I wasn't too surprised by the whole decision. It's he didn't have a great year. I mean, he had a lot of hype coming into the year, as did North Carolina, but neither of them had a great year. So I, I wasn't surprised. I, I was surprised. It's just a long time to be playing college basketball. Uh, he's going to set every UNC and, and ACC rebounding or scoring record. One one would probably think playing playing as much and as often and as frequent as he has. I mean, just to like go back, the 2019 team, I'm pretty sure, beat UNC and Ormando Bacot. And then they came back the next year and they beat the pandemic team, the Devin Askew squad. And that, I think, was the year that they, UCLA or Ohio State had some issues, so they had to switch the games, like, just a few days before, and you had a bunch of UK fans be like, I don't want to play UNC, we're going to get beat. And we did, we did get beat. Um, but, but it was like, you know, who cares? The season's not been great as it is, and you get a chance to play UNC, you tip the ball up and you go out there and you play them. But I remember after that game, Bacot was like, yeah, they punked us last year and we had something for them this year. And it's like, oh my gosh, that was that was like three seasons ago, Roush. That was, and and he was talking about the year before, and he's coming back for 2023, 2024. It's an insane amount of time to be playing college basketball. But my, as I'm sure many UK fans, my first attention went to like, okay, his boy Oscar Shibwe is in the very similar position minus missing the NCAA tournament. Oscar had the glorious and magical NCAA tournament run of winning one game. So that's the difference between him and Armando Bacot for this season. And Roush, it's just, it is, it's only UK basketball. It's only a team that I'm going to root for and I'm going to cheer for. It's only UK basketball that would be in this position. And it's a, 
peculiar position to be in. The national player of the year two years ago and a two-year All-American probably could be convinced to come back to Kentucky. Could probably, like it probably wouldn't take much convincing either. It'd probably take as sim as simplistically as just showing, hey, here's your fine, here's your finances. Here's here's what it looks like if you don't get drafted in the NBA and you go play in whatever other country or the G League. It's probably just as simple as that. Let's just show them the finances of the whole matter. However, you can't help, and I weirdly understand it, this sense either around UK or maybe it's just specifically UK fans where it's like, boy, we really like Oscar, and we've got nothing but mostly great things to say about this guy. But I'm just ready to not have some defensive liabilities in there. I'm ready for the offense to look a little different, but especially the defense. I'm really ready for the defense to look a little different. So UK is in this position where I get the sense, and I could be wrong about this, but I get the sense that the majority of like the diehard UK fans, I'm sure if you were just polling casuals, most people would be like, Oscar coming back? Hell, hell yeah. But I get the sense that if you were just polling the diehards that follow recruiting and the day-to-day of this stuff, people that are listening to the Kentucky Roll Call, I get the sense that that'd be about 50-50 about if they'd want Oscar back or not. And maybe I'm off on that if you both get a different sense or a different feel. Uh, Scoots, you do the Spears show, so you're kind of with a different – a different age group, a different audience, but you know, and Spears does a great show. I love being included in that age group, but you know what I mean, Scoots. You you hear the phone calls into that show? Oh yeah, oh yeah, sure do. It's a, it's an older clientele. Hey, by the way, TJ. So Baycott needs just over a thousand points and just over two hundred and sixty rebounds to be the ACC leader of all time. So he won't get there for points, but he could get there for rebounds. Is it impossible to get a thousand points? He could get there for points. He could. I mean, he'd have to have a great year, I think. Yeah. He's only scored eighteen hundred in his career. He'd need another thousand. Oh no. Yeah. He'd have to. He'd have to average twenty-five points a game to a national title year. So you're right. Won't won't get there in points. Uh, um, They should have played the NIT. Those Goobers. (laughs) To your point, though, TJ, there is. uh, It is kind of. It's kind of weird where we're at with Oscar Sheeway because I think everybody, I think it's unanimous that folks agree. Best rebounder we've ever seen. But then you are split on. But do you want best rebounder you've ever seen again? And that, I think a lot of it just depends on, well, what do you have around him? Because uh, even though they did win an NCAA tournament game this year, it's fair to say that last year uh, the, the team, team was better for last year for longer. Uh, even though they were upset earlier. And it's because the offense didn't have these kind of weird stops and starts, this identity crisis, because they had they, they were able to operate in more space. Whereas this year, I don't think the pieces around Oscar were necessarily set up for the offense to thrive. Like, you can have Oscar Sheboy work if you've got a bunch of dudes who could shoot on the outside. But TJ, is it, don't, don't you want the lane clear for DJ Wagner and Dillingham and Justin Edwards to be able to drive? It's like, do you, do you want Oscar? Ah, it's so tough. It's so tough. <laughs> I know. It's it's because it, it shouldn't be a zero. Uh, it, it shouldn't be that difficult of a decision. That that's the part. It shouldn't be this difficult of a decision. So I think if you're if you're having to mull it over, then it might be best to just kind of all right. Let's 
let's oh, take the man. let's take the case, let's take the game out of the case, blow on it, hit the reset button, start over. I I lean towards if Oscar wants to come back, I say bring him back. If he doesn't want to come back, I don't think you need to do any convincing. You want somebody that's going to be two feet in, 100% committed, ready to go. The same number nine energy that he had, you'd want that again. However, I will totally, and this is bad radio, but I will totally and completely defer to the truth. You can't handle the truth. I want to know if these rumors about Oscar being a locker room problem are true. Are true, and some people may say like, "You're on radio. You shouldn't address rumors. You shouldn't bring up rumors. All you're doing is adding gasoline to it." It's been reported a million other places. It's been talked about other places. It's been discussed other places. And it's not even that like Oscar is a bad dude sort of deal. It's not that like Oscar is making teammates pick between him and somebody. It's not even I mean, sort of that sort of deal. No, it's that he it's, is just a different dude. It's yeah, a I different mean, dude. He came into a locker room and said he had a premonition that they were all going to get in a plane wreck. Like that's going to freak people out. He's just he's different. He and is di- he is yeah. different, and that is a weird thing to do. Now that being said, the stuff that gets talked about with Oscar is that like he isn't around the team as much because he's out servicing the community or he's preaching or he, and there's some talk that like when the players are together, that sometimes they kind of want to get away from Oscar because he brings everything back to like a biblical sense and will bring up preaching and stuff along those lines. And then whenever anything's wrong, it's just, we got to fight more. And it's like, no, 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 that's not just fighting more. Isn't isn't the answer to every problem. So there are like, I I would, and again, it's not good radio because it's it's not it's not me controlling the narrative. But I would totally defer to like what John Calipari and the coaching staff actually feels. And I I think not so much think, but feel pretty good about. We'll get the answer in whether or not Oscar Sheboy's back at Kentucky or not. If he's gone, to me, and you may hear other stuff and other stuff would get said and i wouldn't i wouldn't expect anything different but if oscar goes to the next level wherever that may be i feel pretty confident in it being because uk told him it's time for you to go chase your dreams it's time for you to take that next step aka it's time for us to do something different here in lexington if he comes back Roush, it tells me at least UK's coaching staff wants him back. I guess that won't, if he comes back, it won't necessarily answer those questions, right? It won't tell us, like, do did players actually not enjoy being teammates with Oscar just because his whole focus wasn't basketball in the college experience? He's a different dude. He's got other experiences. He wants to help people. He, he, he wants to preach. He wants to do Bible study. That's great, and that's commendable. But if that is an issue in the locker room for whatever reason, then it's an issue in the locker room. So, I our answer will be whether or not he comes back. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm just curious how these conversations go down because we're not privy to them. Is there a? I would assume that Cal Perry shares what he's hearing, and then. I'm I'm just wondering who who goes first. Like, where do you stand? Where do we stand? Because it very well well could come down to just like at the negotiating table, right? 
who's who's going to be the one to budge one way or the other. It's so much different than years past where you just assumed if you were close, you would declare for the draft. Like it, There's just so much more nuance to it now, um, whereas nil money is at play, the portal is at play, and you've got so many people pulling these kids in so many different directions. Like I just uh, – I'm, I'm fascinated by how this process works now that there's seemingly uh, been three more phases added to this Rube Goldberg machine. Scooch, what's your take on it all? I don't have one. Well, well that's that's it's not it's, you're in radio, buddy. Scooch was riding out the show. The show, yeah, yeah. he he really was. Hey, um, so is Trey Saxon Davis? Is he coming back? No, he already no. said he was gone. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, but he, he's, he's in the he's in the, the state, he's in the same boat as these guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what, Scooch? Go ahead. Yeah, I just I was agreeing. Like it is interesting. It's fascinating. And the more I sometimes at times I thought about it during the season, and more people have made graphics of it and talked about it. But like you know, the all the bigs that came back, how many of them really thrived? Zach Eadie is going to win National Player of the Year, so you can't argue about that decision. But Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson, you don't see all these. You don't see these people still playing. Uh, Drew Timmy maybe being the exception, but. We'll see. We'll see if they're still playing. Is that that's tonight, right? Uh, that's tonight. Is it? Is it? I think so. Yeah, definitely tonight. I I will say last one. I will. I will say though that it just seems like all these bigs, Oscar, TJD, Dickinson. I don't know how well their games translate to the NBA anymore. So I don't. Well, I've got. Yeah. I, I know how well they translate. They translate. They don't like a dog fart. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you might as well. You might as well stay and soak up the the best of the college experience. I mean, I I would I would personally, if I was a Kentucky fan, want Oscar back. Just because you're not. How are you going to replace that rebounding? You are going to get out rebounded in several games next year if you don't have Oscar. Scoots, I love you, but what did what was your whole take on the whole locker room issue stuff? I mean, I don't read into that. It's it's like Nick said, we're not privy to. It. We don't we don't know. All it is is hearsay. So I right, I don't that's, that's, I don't. That's, that's terrible, Scoots. Come on, we're on a freaking radio show. Do you believe the rumors, or is Oscar a good guy or not? You got to take a side. You got to have an opinion. Oh, damn it! Uh, all the line in the sand. Oscar's a like good. A bit, Oscar's like a good guy. guy. That's that's my opinion. Okay. I'm not there reading. You know. I'm not reading into any of the any of the other stuff. It's like with Severe Wheeler and the whole locker room thing. I didn't. I didn't really want to touch on that either. It's we 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 just don't know. My guess is the stuff about Oscar is true. Like my guess yeah. is it's true to the extent that it rubs players the wrong way or he's like missing practices. I'm sure maybe there's some exaggerations there, but I, maybe yeah, if it's, it's like. It's, you know, if it's player optional, he doesn't show up because I've already got obligations to do this, that, or that. I don't think people really realize how busy that dude is. Um, well, that, that being said, I bet it's probably true, and it's something that needs to be figured out if he were to come back, which I still don't think he does, but got to be figured out. I mean, it's just as basic as when they went on the team trip to the Bahamas, he wasn't with the team during the team bonding stuff because he had to do his nil stuff, right? Like, And I don't really care about that, for what it's worth. The team I don't can, get, either, over, the team can I, get over that stuff. But I, I'm, I'm just like from a – he's not around the team as much, so they're not going to be as close. Like that's just very simple. And, I, like, and I, I don't – and let the record state, I don't give one 
crap about any of it. I don't. I just want Kentucky to win and be good, and I want him to be a better defensive player while still being the most dominant rebounder and a really nice interior scorer option for UK. If he does come back, he'll have to be able to knock down threes. You'll just need him to be able to extend the offense as much as possible, especially when you'll have penetrators on the on the group like you will. And there will be no reason with how consistently he could hit that 18, 19-footer that he couldn't take that back three feet. You just, I, I think he already can do it, probably at a decent enough clip. My guess is in practice, though, he probably has some like really bad misses, maybe some really bad timely misses also. And the coaching staff just says, hey, from a percentage standpoint, it drops 7%. Don't, you're not doing it. So take two steps forward, be more comfortable. Uh, from this shot, you shoot, I don't know, just off the top of my head. I would guess probably around like 55 or 60%. It maybe isn't end up being that high, but it seems like he made it more than he didn't. Um, so you're going to take that shot and you're not going to, you're not going to shoot the three. If he comes back, he's going to have to be able to shoot the three. You're just going to have to be able to have a big that can do that. And maybe if he can do it consistently enough, you say, Hey, we're going to have some issues defensively, but look at our guys, like let run with us. Uh, please get back to being able to just outrun teams and not be the one that sometimes get gets outran. And Oscar being able to spread the floor offensively will give you, hey, we'll just outscore teams. Yeah, we may give up 80 a game, but we're going to average 90. And, and, you, and you do that. That's one way that it could work with Oscar where he doesn't have to take a ginormous leap defensively because it's probably not realistic to think that he's just going to snap yeah. his fingers and all your defensive issues are going to go away yeah. in year three at UK. Well, really year four, but year three playing at UK. Um, but I think you're seeing why the NBA doesn't want these bigs. No offense to these bigs. Like, you're seeing why they're sticking around is because they have – I mean, they have limitations. They have limitations and they have major flaws, and college basketball can figure it out too. And that's why none of these guys are playing in the second weekend, except for Drew Timmy, who's just an offensive machine uh, and probably is one of the better defenders of the bunch of the bigs that we all talked about. I will say, though, this, while I'm not trying to be negative, College basketball, I can't remember it ever being in a better place. It is as much fun to talk about it as it's ever been. Well, it's much more fun when UK's good. But with the caveat of basketball as a whole, like the conferences seem, with all the the dust-ups and shake-ups, they seem pretty healthy. And I don't, with the exception of the Pac-12, but who gives a crap about the Pac-12? Nobody ever has. So the fact that there maybe isn't as much stability out there doesn't mean anything to me. The Big 12 is going to change, and it's really fun right now, but there's no reason to think it's still not going to be pretty good. The Big East and their rivalries and stealing coaches and talking trash to one another. Oh, yeah. If Rick Pitino's back into it, it's just that's going to be amazing. Which, by the way, Providence hired Kim English. If that name sounds familiar, he's a former Missouri Tiger. They took Didn't him. Know what else that happened? Yeah, it happened very quickly. Uh, I think he was the head coach. Was it George Mason? George Mason or George Washington? Always he was recruiting for somebody in the SEC because I remember him being a pain in the ass for he a couple of years. He was assistant Tennessee. That's what it was. He got Kennedy Chandler. He was that. assistant Tennessee, and then he got hired at one of the Georges in D.C., and then he took the Providence job. And I felt like it was a little bit of a reach for Providence, but if this dude's going to be a shining star, getting him in the door early, there's nothing wrong with that. So I don't think I would have made that hire. However. He he's been he's been good so far. Uh, he's a really good player and fun to watch. But that's who Providence is going with, which I don't know. That's a tough league to come in and be like, hey, this is your first big time college basketball. Yeah, 
You got a bunch of Hall of Famers. I think George, uh, George Mason, by the way, not George. Washington. Eight of the ten have been to the second weekend of those coaches. So uh, he's not. I saw and like Villanova's not going to stay down forever. I don't think. Right, right, right. Uh, Titus was pitching Bobby Hurley, which that would have been so much fun. It's so annoying. Add another Hurley brother to the Big East, but uh, Kim English. Oh, uh, good for Titus. Good. That's a good recommendation. I like good on Titus. <laughs> TJ, I remember you having it first. Don't worry, buddy. I, I mean, I probably just wasn't on the show when that was being I've recommended. Been... Whatever. Or maybe I was just not paying attention. Whatever. Uh, I do like college basketball is in a good spot. And the thing, the thing that I love the most about it, and this happened accidentally because there's no leadership in the NCAA. There's not anybody pulling the strings. Wait till they get actually somebody that maybe cares about college basketball, like cares about the model. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. It cares about like improving the model, I guess I should say. Uh, I think Emmer just wanted to protect the old school model. But someday you're going to get somebody that's more gung-ho about it, and it's going to be very, very exciting, and I can't wait for it. But I think it happened accidentally because the NBA, they, want to, they, they, don't, they like money. They want to take all the money that they can get, so they want, they want to try to kill the NCAA for as much as they can. They make the G League. They're offering people right out of high school. I remember there was – I like the guy, but Shrevel, he was like, this is the end of college basketball. It's all over now because uh, you had, like, some low-end five-star recruits go into play for the Ignite team. And people were worried. People were worried what that was going to mean for the sport. And then now with Nil and the transfer portal, it's thriving, weirdly enough. I think coaches hate it. I think there's a lot of fans that hate it. I think there's some people that maybe have even been driven away. But there's no denying in terms of getting marketable, good, experienced players to hang around longer it's it's working and also part of it's just because the nba has kind of changed and its game is starting to not love traditional bigs in the way that we know them so it's a little bit of a haven for college basketball players as well so i I can never remember the sport being in a better place it's fun having returning people it's fun having these rivalries i'm guessing this is probably how it was for a lot of people in the early 90s and even into the, the late 90s, um, I was a kid, all right? I was just a kid. TJ, uh, you talk about college basketball changing, and or NBA changing. Does that eventually lead to a change in college basketball? I mean, if you think of all the teams with the prominent bigs this year, they all did yes. nothing. I mean, you, you look at Kentucky, Michigan, Indiana. I mean, all the teams with traditional bigs did not succeed this year. And if the NBA is switching their model, do we eventually see that come to college basketball where it's more of a guard-driven guard driven teams? Yeah, we're, probably, we're probably already there. If you look well, at I, yeah, I yeah, think we already past it. I think college basketball is zigging away from it. No, I don't know if they're zigging away from it. But there are also some like traditional roster makeup teams even in the Sweet 16. Michigan uh, like State. Tennessee, nobody, nobody would accuse Tennessee of being a That's true. modern, modern offense. Tennessee's or, a good really. example. Uh, but yeah, I think we're probably already there. There's gonna but there's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be fun. That's the beauty of college basketball, is you're still gonna have some teams that aren't going to say no to a seven foot two box that's feet are stuck in mud but he can also rebound and just dunk on top of people so there'll be a place for that big man in college basketball and maybe it'll work out for him maybe you'll hear about a run in march from this dude 
Maybe it won't. But that like when you have 356 teams, you're going to get a little bit of everything. You're going to get a bunch of different styles. You're going to get a bunch of different methods. And it's probably the crossroads that John Calipari finds himself in right now with this Oscar Sheboy's decision. I'm, 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 I wonder how much Oscar also wants to, to stick around too. I think he would want to stick around, just a guess and an opinion. But I would think that like he has seemingly found a home. But does it does the thing that I think might get awkward for some of these guys? Like, is Bacot going to make less? Is he is he getting paid less to come back this time around than he was last? I would say probably so. And if that's the case, how do how does the player then respond to that? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, there was there was numbers yeah. floating around for Oscar last year but like would that be matched again i don't know i don't think so that's where that's where the the whole nuances to the nil stuff do change the dynamic from year to year because whatever Toppin was making like he he does have the chance to come back i don't think anybody's expecting that to be the case but like that same offer isn't on the table that it was a year ago they could probably teach college courses on the the the, fi- the financial side of all this and the marketing side of all this. The, it, it is, it's a fascinating question. Yeah, probably. Like uh, Armando Bacat, Dr. Armando Bacat coming off the national title run was probably more marketable, but I can't imagine he's hurting. Like you, if you were a business in Chapel Hill and Bacat was willing to do business with you for like the right price, you're probably going to try to make that happen. It's still going to go down in history as one of the best players in UNC history, and as Scooch mentioned, one of the top players in ACC history and and would just be probably a few games away from being able to be the all-time leading scorer and rebounder, but he'll probably get the rebounding title, as Scooch said. And the same goes for Oscar. Coming off a National Player of the Year campaign, probably going to be a little bit more marketable, but if you're a Lexington business and you know for, I don't, let's just say for $10,000, you can have Oscar Sheboy in a commercial doing this, that, and this for you. You're probably going to, if you're rolling in the dough, you're probably going to say, why the heck not? And those things add up for Oscar because it's not just one company doing it, although sometimes it can be just one ginormous cash cow. So uh, they'll be fine is what I'm trying to get at. Like, yeah, maybe it's not going to be the exact same dollar amount, but it's not like they're just going to, their wallet's going to be empty. Did I miss it where Oscar can get nil now? I didn't think he could. He, I don't know what the latest is in terms of what he can or can't do, but he he got paid. He got yeah. He's he is he's doing very well financially. Hmm. Seems shady. <laughs> Call the I mean, oh, excuse, the, any of this seems shady. Wow, I'm shocked. <laughs> All right, let's take our last break. We'll come back. I still want to kind of talk a little bit about some of the stuff that Jack Pilgrim said. Uh, you should check out his stuff over at KSR Plus and just regular KSR light. He's got good info on both of them, but we'll come back. We'll discuss that. We also need to try to squeeze in the Thornton's text line. So it's going to be a busy end of the show. When is it not? This is KRC on the Big X. I'm begging you, friend. Don't take her. She's all I've got. She's ever. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Charlie, there is enough cough medicine in there to kill a gorilla. If you keep eating it, you're not going to last five minutes. Bro, I can handle my sadness.
Welcome back one final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. We're touching 70s today. Touching 70s today, which is exciting stuff. You're going to probably be outside, and you're probably going to want your Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com. Just an unbelievable selection of sunglasses, polarized, so they hold up against that mighty, mighty powerful sun. And we've got a mighty, mighty powerful discount for you. 25% 25% off when you use promo code BIGX at checkout at ShadyRays.com. They've got sunglasses for any and every occasion. And if you lose them, you break them. Small processing fee, you get your order sent right back to you. So you can buy with confidence knowing if something happens to them, which they do to sunglasses, you can get your order sent back to you. It's not completely and totally free but it is a i've done it before it's a very very small processing fee it feels like you're buying you're getting a buy in one get one situation and that's why they are thriving shady rays over 200,000 five-star reviews it's a company that started right here in kentucky and we're happy to have them aboard krc and i'm happy to have them aboard my face when i'm not inside <laughs> Have him aboard your face. That's pretty good. That's true. Um, TJ, did you see that Kentucky is already a one seed in 2024? Yeah, but shout out to Texas A&M, first team out. <laughs> that was the most hilarious graphic of all time, and I think Rutherford tweeted it out there. How about Rutherford show giving away Louisville City season tickets? That's big time. Two sets of them. And wow. like tickets every other game. Where's our Louisville City tickets? We sometimes give away a Salsarita's entree when we got them in stock. We want to give away stuff, too. Uh, Do we have any more expired Salsaritas? I'm going to have to get on my burner phone and try to text in and win those Louisville City season tickets. Um, They start home play on Saturday. Larry from, Larry, from, Larry from Linden may be making a call into the Rutherford show. You didn't buy yours already? No. What I the heck? Just, it's a... You don't like your play, city anymore? I mean, you just don't it. need season tickets. Like just, uh, all their games are at 7.30. Yeah, aka what time bedtime. bedtime is, Scoots? <laughs> 7.30. Yeah. Well, it's actually a little bit before then, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, can't, can't just drop the kid off and then say, see ya, good night. Hope the monitor can reach from Lynn Family Stadium, uh, the other Lynn Family Stadium. <laughs> Lynn Family Stadium to Linden. Did you see that Ballard's got a Lynn Family Stadium now? How many damn Lynn Family Stadiums do we have to have in this city? You know, a lot of states are trying to stop the Chinese from buying up farmland. Maybe we stop the Lynn Family from buying up stadiums around town. <laughs> They're just trying to make it confusing. They're just trying to get parents in trouble with their kids. I mean, can you can you not just like name it after another one of your relatives or something? Yeah, just can start doing it after like your your, go, your grandkids. Go to your, pet, go to your pets if you have to. Right. Yeah. Parky Lynn Family Stadium. Or actually, maybe like two thousand eight. Put your business name on it or really anything. And also, if I had so much money that I had three stadiums named after me, eventually I would just start naming it like cool things. You know, like. Uh, like, Soldier Field is an objectively cool name yeah. for a stadium. Like, 
name it Starship Enterprise or something. Like any, I don't, I don't know what it would be, but I would eventually start getting creative with more names than just my own. Yeah, well, think about all the money could have gone towards helping get an NBA team to Louisville, or yeah. maybe had the Louisville City team go to the MLS, MLS, like you know Nashville did in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And St. Louis, all teams that got USL teams after us. But I guess that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, there's another – yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a ton. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Um, so what was the – I'm curious. What was your stay or go thing that Jack said that, that really popped for you? Because I also – like, I, I hear – I talk with Jack frequently, so uh, I sometimes get – like when stuff is on the the public domain, like I, I I've probably heard it previously privately, oh, so it doesn't it doesn't have the same pop for me. So if okay. you've got so what what really popped for the sports talker? Well, sick brag first off, and secondly, you you do do a radio show, so it, maybe once in your life you'd have a little inside info for a radio show. And if you got to steal it from Jack, you steal it from Jack. <laughs> That's good. What if I just became the new scoops guy and it was just Jack scoops? How long do you think it'd take for Jack to figure it out? <laughs> it depends on how I would like. If I only put it on this show, it would probably be a while. But if I'm like, <laughs> but if I was like tweeting it out and like making my own post, you'd be like, "All right, Rash, what the hell?" <laughs> you should have tried it. <laughs> you should have tried it. Uh, okay, so a few things. One, he seemed like there. There two that really stood out. One was seems like. Uganda on Enzo is going to have a lot of schools, especially Big East schools, coming after him. Yep. And he may be open to hearing it. He or his people may be open to hearing it. Which is interesting. You have had Cal really kind of hamming that guy up as of late, which I think could be confidence building in part, could be realistic. He just believes it. Uh, also could be just kind of, hey, I'm I'm your guy. I love you. Say nice things about you. Don't go anywhere else. What Big East school is it that's coming after him? I, I don't know. It could be multiple. You could know. be multiple. Um, the, the the worst part for me is like the two guys that could play the most significant role. That's in, you know, especially in the front court, Uganda and Chris. I don't think either of them are making the decision. Like personally, I like I I think if they stay or go no matter what they do i think it's up to it's out of their control which is frankly just a bunch of bs like that sucks for those kids this is their lives and they don't they seemingly they have a say but how much do they have a say like i i know that this isn't a new concept right tim couch said he went to kentucky just to make his dad happy and he really wanted to go to tennessee things ended up working out well so like it's it's not like it's new I just think that it's now it's outside of the typical like now it's like handlers and stuff and not you're just trying to make your parents proud sort of deal. Yeah, it, it that's been going on for a long, long time. It, it it can be sad. On the flip side, we also don't always really know. Maybe maybe the kids are cool with the stuff going on, or but you don't really know. And that was the other one is that. Jack seemed to, and make sure you're following along on all Jack's good content over there at KSR. 
he seems to think Chris Livingston is truly a 33.3333333333333333333333 and transfer pro coming back to UK. If you need me to run those numbers by one more time, I can. Um, I might need you to after you go through pot egg in Forest. But I, <laughs> the, the, I just, I, I'm, I'm, the thing that would frustrate me uh, if he takes up one of those two thirds offers elsewhere is that like Cal simply just like, I don't think when he said, I need to play Chris at the four, it was lip service. I think he was trying to say that to his handlers. Who were just like, no, Chris is a three. No, Chris is a three. So Cal started and played him at the three all year. And uh, look, look what happened. Like, they're going to blame Cal for Chris not being as good as he should have been, even though he was doing what they wanted him to do, which is just the dumbest. Like, that is just a total human centipede of bull crap right there. And it drives me nuts. And that's like the side of this sport that does suck, right? Like, it was much fun as we talked about the health of the sport and all of that. The, the, the downside effect of the nil and the transfer portal is the the beholden to the the all of the people and assuaging all the all the butt slapping if you will because you got to re-recruit everybody every year that's that's the negative side effect yeah i won't I, i would hope that uk fans could collectively come to this conclusion although i know this will not happen but i if he were to transfer, which would stink, it would totally, totally stink, wouldn't be Cal's fault in the slightest. I don't know how it would be. He gave him a ton of opportunity playing him sometimes mm-hmm. at the at, at, at the team's disadvantage, I, I think, sometimes. Once Topping kind of turned it on, though, it all kind of worked out. It meshed a little bit better. But sometimes it hurt the team playing him a little out of position. He did everything for that guy. So if he still wants to transfer or people around him are telling him to transfer, then what more can you do? Yeah. You got a Beats deal while being at UK as well, so you know that you can be marketable and you can advertise with that stuff. I, I know I trust to listen to Jack certainly more on on this stuff than, than I, but I don't think he would transfer. I think it'll either be a pro thing or, or he'll come back to UK. And I still think between Reeves and Livingston, at least one of them will come back. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. And I would, I would prefer Livingston of the two. Yeah. I, I, I think I default to Reeves just because uh, you've seen, You've seen some of these offensive stretches where it's just like, holy smokes, it's bad. And just with the freshmen, they're probably going to take some time. So Reeves, I think, can help in that spot. However, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Livingston would be huge. He adds a toughness factor, a versatility on a defensive end, and scoring inside, penetrating, and had a nice three-point shot. Got cold there late, unfortunately. Still just can't believe that shot. That was I was convinced. It was down. It was all the way down. And then it popped right out. A lot of people talking about the balls at the NCAA tournament. A lot of ball talk. A lot of ball talk. Have you ever uh, you ever held one of those balls before, TJ? Well, when are when have they been this? I have, but it probably was 16 or 15 the last year I did it. So as are, Because if you don't know what's going on, 
the NCAA uses a certain type of basketball for the NCAA tournament. And it's different than the rest but it's of them. Different uh, than what different conferences use throughout yeah. the regular season and their conference tournaments. So for the first time, these players are playing with a ball that they haven't played with again since the last time they played an NCAA tournament game. And people are starting to notice weird misses, weird bounces, the ball just hanging on the back of the, the rim. rim like yeah. it did that weird way. A lot of wedgies, the, too. A lot of wedgies. This wedge, wedge City, USA. So mm-hmm. something's up with the ball. I think the only fair way, fair thing to do is to replay the NCAA tournament with yep. the right ball right. and just get things back to back to normal. In all seriousness, the, of course, of course, the NCAA has a stupid ball for the NCAA tournament, and it's like a like it's wider, um, which that's that's really I think where uh, the problem is. Like I, I, you know, I like I like the Rawlings, the kind of heavy, uh, like the KHSAA basketball. That's the best basketball in they my need, opinion. They need to just have a uniform ball in college and in, in NCAA basketball and say, this is the ball you're using. And if you want to put your fun little logo on it, you can do it for your home games, but it's with this ball, Whoa. and this is the one we're using. And ideally not this one that they've used in the tournament. It's 100% factually true that there's this ball has impacted the tournament. I'm not, not saying it's why UK lost, but like, it's definitely made a times, difference, though. Think how many like, times there's, like, there's been a fumbly ball, and the ball has gone. Like, it's happened more than, than normal. And as Roush mentioned, the wedgies and all the other stuff that we alluded to. But even just like general handling of the ball, the games have been sloppier this NCAA tournament. They're, uh, so UK uses the Nike. I mean, they're Nike schools, so they're going to use a Nike ball. The Nike footballs stink. I hate them. I hated throwing with them. They're, they feel skinnier than the regular balls that are used. I don't know if that's actually to be true, but I don't like them. Don't like them one bit. Uh, but you know what? As long as Devin Leary likes them, then fine by me. It, do, it, matter, it doesn't matter in football because the team uses the same footballs the whole year, right? But no, in basketball, much different because both teams have to share it. And if you're at Louisville, you might take some air out of it to make uh, – who was that? The, that? Was it Virginia shoot worse? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was funny. That actually yeah. was a weird situation. Nobody cared because U of O is so bad. But that's interesting that people don't like the the Nike football Remember, Nike totally failed in like the golf business. They just weren't making good products. So it's it is plausible that Nike is just good at like apparel. And even then, there's some questionable business mm. with their apparel business. But there is a chance maybe they just stink at making things. Uh, but I'm not blaming them for the NCAA basketball. Let's get to the Thornton Stacks line. It was a little light, so that probably works out well with uh yeah. with today's show because we talked a lot and we haven't even talked about the sweet 16 for tonight a texter says did Vito take a gun to a frat party again i i don't believe so don't, don't think so don't know what happened though but i don't think uk was probably too happy with the whole situation. don't think they were having uh frat parties during spring break Patino said in his presser he coached against Frank McGuire and Coach McGuire's last home game. That's actually not true. Second to last home game. The last was against Western Kentucky. Random thing I already knew and caught it in his presser. That's how lowly Rick thinks of WKU. Ha ha. That had to be a Spears text. That also is just like classic Patino line. Spears didn't have a show yesterday. Oh. Or today, for what it's worth. Oh. What's what's up with Spears? Uh, His wife's sister is having some health issues. Oh, jeez. Yeah, not not great. Okay, well, prayers to the Spears family. Scoots, sciatica sucks. 
I've had issues for years. However, this is the solution. Don't sit all day without exercising. Get up and move as much as you can. Ibuprofen, stretch, foam, foam roll, and definitely get a massage by a woman. Men massaging can make it worse. Oh, thanks for the advice. And just so you know, I've been standing the entire show, so not not lastly, sitting today. Lastly, not having Oscar will prove to be a blessing, even though he is one of my favorite players ever. Team will be better. Back to protecting the rim cowball. Yeah, the Oscar stuff is just fascinating. And it's something we could talk about pretty much any radio show we want until there's some finality to that decision. Man. Pump for football. I think Larry will be awesome if we can protect him. Slightly worried about experience at corner. Going from Valentine to, uh, and Smith to JQ and I guess Jansen Dunn. Didn't see Jansen Dunn the other day. Don't sleep on uh, Jordan Robinson. Uh, I didn't know this, but the D2 transferred had a hamstring issue that like made him unavailable for a lot of the season. But I think they're kind of bullish on him. Um, but Drew Phillips is also going to play a ton. Maybe a nickel, maybe an outside, maybe a little Bofa. Um, but that, that is definitely something that it's going to take some time to, to give those guys reps. I mean, we saw it with Carrington. I don't think they'll be exposed as badly because the safety play is so good and they just have more length and stuff. But I mean, Carrington got picked on that first year as a starter. It took him a while to kind of learn and grow through that before he became an NFL draft pick. If I think I know the answer to this, but curious what you would say, if, if the quarterbacks are shaky and they're not reliable and you can't trust them, would Stoops be more likely to just drop a bunch of people in coverage in that zone, that soft zone coverage, and just say, hey, you got to be on the money. We're going to make sure you got nothing deep and take your time and march down the field if you do, and then we'll see what happens in the red zone? Or would it be more likely to say, all right, I just can't let the quarterback pick this team apart. We got to go get after him. I think I know the answer. Um, I, I think – with the way I, – I think, uh, especially, I mean, it's odd if it's dependent on matchups, but with the way that – just depending on quarterbacks, I think you stay in that zone and just make mm-hmm. the quarterbacks throw it to the outside and take away the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, Deep ball in the like, middle of the field. I think that's yeah. what he would do. Yeah. Right. Because, like, those throws to the outside are more difficult. Um, and, uh, hell, I mean, I saw uh, Tyree Spherebury, an outside linebacker, jump one of those outside – throws for an interception the other day like <laughs> you know he, yeah. he's not a quarterback and he's making a play on the outside so like i think they've got enough dudes in there in the middle to kind of overcompensate for what might be uh, you know some average to below average play on the outside if that's the case stoop strategy while it can be frustrating and annoying is smart is just put pressure on college quarterbacks and just watch them melt. Because <laughs> they're going to eventually. It, yeah, it won't, it won't be like, every play, and they're going to have some success, but just give it time and make them have to make tight throws, and eventually they're going to slip up, and you'll be there to feast, and another pick six, and another pick six. Oh, man, what a great football game. That was a lot of fun. Gosh. Hey, Nick, can you give us us a could some changes you saw in practice yesterday with Cohen running practice. Oh, to man. I'm not sure what the typo is. but uh, I, I, All right, here's the biggest change. Uh, last year at the practice we saw, Will Levis threw like 100 interceptions, and it was just like the offense stunk. Um, that was not the case. There were not balls on the ground. Um, you know, like uh, I, I feel like most of the instructions that Cohen was barking, it was about just like, being quicker in and out of the huddle, which is just stuff that coaches do. And it did it, it still felt 10 times faster than how they got in and out of the huddle last year. So um, 
Yeah. And it was just, it's just fun. I kind of, I talked about it some yesterday, but like they were just pitching and catching and throwing and, and it, it looked easy. It looked fun. And that's, that's how it should be uh, during spring practice. I know this is a pointless conversation, excuse me, a pointless conversation to have, but why is Kaysen considered a lottery pick? Obviously he should go. I just don't understand it. What has he done that would suggest he should be a top half first round pick? What is his elite skill that translates to the NBA? I know it sounds like I'm hating on him, but it's actually the opposite. I'd love to have him back next year. And between nil and his inconsistency, it feels like he should be a candidate well, to return. Well, look who's Jesus. coming in, Texter. Yeah, look who's like coming he's, in too. He's like not, he's going to get. A, he's he will have a his role would be more limited with the roster. <laughs> excuse me, with the roster makeup, and he also he's good. Like what do you you, you saw him kind of take over that Kansas State game a bit. He also he 21 a, points. He yeah. he was a great three point shooter until he had to do all the point guard duties, and he was Kentucky's best defender. Uh, and he also was battling injuries the back half of the season. He's a good player. If you're an NBA team, you, I don't think you look specifically just at his freshman year. You look at his freshman year and you say, "Plus, what's what's plus he going to be in four yeah. years? What's he? Exactly. You know, what is this going? If this, if it looks like this now at 18, what's what's it going to look like when he's 22? The, the four for him is, is just defensively, though. Like he's got a very high four because of his ability to guard a team's best guard. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's why he's on. And that's the only way you make it in the NBA if you're a bad shooter is with your defense. And he is not a bad shooter, and, but he does have the defense. So you can understand mm -hmm. why teams like him. A texter says, as of right now, who would be our starting five on the O-line? Also, when will we see Geiger back? So it'll be from left to right, Marcus Cox, Kenneth Horsey, Jagger Burton, Eli Cox, and then question mark. Um, it was very funny when Liam Cohen was asked about right tackle. So what's going on there? A lot of competition. A lot of competition. And then he just like, Mumbled for a few more minutes, for a few more seconds, and competition. So uh, that's up for grabs. He will not say that Jagger Burton is their center. We're just trying to get more guys involved, but Jagger Burton is the center. Uh, and I uh, have a pretty good article up on KSR yesterday. He had some, Jagger had some good quotes. Liam had some good quotes. Um, it was kind of funny, though, because like you just don't realize what's all on the center's plate until they get up there. And I think for Jagger, it's, it's less about the snap and more about the, or the blocks necessarily. It's more about the pre-snap stuff where it's just a lot of mental uh, tasks, a lot of responsibilities. And uh, he's getting used to it, and I think he'll he'll play that position and play it well. All right. Sounds good. Good morning, guys. Big revenge game tonight. I think Cal gets one back on his own. Reef shows up in a big way. Go Cats. Scoots definitely gave her that tasty freeze big gulp. Um, yeah, it's real sad. <laughs> the Cats aren't playing tonight. It would have been fun. The storylines would have been great. And that's the thing that stinks about the, the game on Sunday is that, like, and how many times did we say that this season? So, of course, it was going to bite UK in the butt. But, mm -hmm. the, like, Keontae Johnson, UK did a solid job against Keontae Johnson. If you were, like, I was more worried about Noel, but I thought that Keontae Johnson was going to be a tough matchup and UK was going to have some issues with him. They did a good job against him. And you nearly won with getting just absolutely nothing out of Antonio Reeves and mostly nothing out of Jacob Toppin. You're so close just to being able to exhale, push that one to the side where you would feel much better about Reeves and Jacob Toppin in a game tonight. But uh, alas, it just absolutely mm -hmm. stinks. Has Stoops, oh wait, Scoots sounds like he's afraid to get hurt again. Scoots, you got to learn to love again, my dude. Yep, the I agree. Scoots. Thornton's woman wasn't the one for me. Good mm -hmm. friend. You don't know, though. Maybe there's a, a once you take that next step, there's going to be a spark that's undeniable. There will be no next step. No big gulps in her future. 
Has uh, Stoops apologized for bringing in last season's offensive coordinator? Do you consider that it might be too difficult of an offense for college kids when he hired that dude? Seriously. Don't hear anyone talking about Stoops brought in an OC who didn't work when we were looking at an upcoming season with a Heisman candidate at quarterback. Seems like a pretty big mess up. Has anyone asked Stoops about his decision making there? I'd be interested in his answer. Yeah, it was just months ago when he made his change at offensive coordinator. And now, if anything like that is brought up, he's looking forward. He's saying we've addressed it and we're moving forward. But yeah, he that's that's why he fired Rich Gangarello. And really, the the biggest I think Stoops the reason why he gets a pass is because Liam left so late in the coaching search that like I know hindsight's twenty twenty with Rich, but of all of your candidates from that pool, were you the 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 goal was to be as consistent as possible, right? Like you wanted to try to keep a semblance of the offense that you had the year before. So he had four pro candidates. And three of them only had a couple years of coaching experience. Rich had 20. He just went with the most experienced guy. Like It, it made sense. But once he got here, I think it was pretty evident early on that it, it just wasn't going to work. Yeah, there's some people would treat Stoops differently if it was Calipari with that whole situation. But who cares if Stoops, he, he moved on from it. Uh, there would be more stubborn people that would maybe try to double down and think that it would be a hire in time. It would be the right hire in time. But he he addressed it. Who, yeah, you don't need to apologize for it. He, he, he did what he needed to do. And that's all you could want if you're a U.K. football fan. John here, good morning, everyone. Justin, nice friend line for the lucky one at Thornton's. How many others were you working on, my friend? And, yes, TJ, you know the legend Trevor does not need a date. He just needs a hello to close the deal on some excitement. John, I don't even know what that means. Come on, buddy. Okay, in the last four seasons, the Cats have won just one NCAA tournament game. Before the past four seasons, the Cats had better success. So we often go to the players and the staff is bringing in, why are we struggling? However, could this be more in the coaching staff not being used, not being as strong as it has been in the past? I mean, we have the consistent turnover over the past four seasons. Could this be impacting us by missing out on the players we used to get early on? With Cal and a stronger staff, do you all agree with anything I'm trying to say? We'll got to go talk to you later. I don't agree with any of it, John. Yeah, I just think basketball is a little different than it was back then it's more of a challenge Uh, meeting that challenge thanks for texting in john a texter says scoots on a bright note i pulled a rondo got two iu girls prego at the same time nice sounds like it was Vito's gone wild in spring break i think roush knows he should probably tell us i wish oscar was coming back no reason for him not to except that cal doesn't want him to gotta go it'll be an interesting decision all right that's our show sweet 16 predictions i i like gotta go yeah, well, I'll go Kansas State, Tennessee, Gonzaga, and Arkansas. Sounds good to me. Everybody, it's the KRC. She's got her daddy's money, her mama's good looks for her laughs, and a stack of comic books.